Are you looking for your first home? Well, I can tell you the perfect person for you to talk to. His name is Spencer Montgomery, and he's a realtor and auctioneer with Comus Montgomery Realty and Auction. He covers the entire Middle Tennessee area, and he's your go-to guy for all your needs when it comes to real estate, commercial, personal property. He's got it covered. Need some help? Give him a call today at 615-785-7136. What's up, everybody? Austin here from Second to Victory. We are back with another episode. I know it's been a while, but we are happy to uh, to be back. Um, on this episode, we are going to just dive in and kind of recap our favorite Titans moments from the season. Uh, talk a little bit about the Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry um, contract situations. And uh, as well, give homage to the great Kobe Bryant and give our favorite Kobe Bryant moment as well. So, uh, welcome back. Happy to have you guys. And let's get started. Touchdown, Titans! You are now listening to the Second and Victory Podcast. What is up, everybody? Austin here with the Second and Victory Podcast with my guys, Chris Carter and Brett Bachelor. What is up, fellas? What's going on, boys? It's been a while. How's it going? It's been a minute, man. I'm happy to be back. I know uh, we had somebody tweet at us and say, you know, where's the podcast been? And dude, we've just been so busy with our lives, Brett in school and, and, and Chris with the baby and, and me just uh, working. Married. And Married. Get married, switching around job to job, and just being lazy as hell, man. We kind of get that in our lives sometimes. We're just lazy. We want to come home and not talk about anything. So, um, now we definitely need to uh, need to to be back and, and talk a little bit about this Titans team and and, and the season we we uh, we watched and how fun it was. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this was probably one of my favorite top top three, top five favorite Titans seasons of all time. I agree. Uh... Probably top three most stressful Titan season as well. Ah, um, but no, I I mean this was this is the most joy I've had watching football in years. Yeah, but no, this was probably my favorite season since 2008, I think for sure. And, and if not 2008, since the Chris Johnson went for 2,000 yard season, just the fact that we talked for so long about finally needing weapons, and then now you got AJ, and then John who stepped up big time this year, and then we all know what Derrick Henry did this year, and then. The fact that we finally had somebody – I mean, I know we all love Marcus, but the fact that we had Tannehill throw the ball past 40 yards downfield and when you'd find Khalif Raymond down the seam, it just made everything a lot more fun, a lot more exciting to watch. No, absolutely. I mean, we we all talked about before the year how big – we had our expectations for Marcus and we had our expectations for the offense. And, and we didn't really know what it would look like, but we hoped – that would, it would be better than, than than what we've seen in years past, and it it was it was a top three offense, top five offense, but it wasn't with Marcus. It was with Ryan Tannehill, and we could have never expected the spark he would have put in that offense. Um, I think that's what made it more fun, honestly, guys. And it, it and it's just because the Titans were putting up points. Like you, I mean, how many straight possessions did we score a touchdown like without a field goal? Like it was like thirty something touchdowns without a field goal. Crazy. We didn't see Greg Joseph kick into the playoffs. Exactly. Um, and and it's got to your point, Chris. Like how stressful it was. Like losing games because of a kicker, but winning games because of a quarterback. I mean, that's something you haven't heard or seen from the Titans in years. It's always the opposite. We lose games because of the quarterback and win games because of the kicking. <laughs> um, so it was it was it's it was a weird season to go through. What four kickers? Yeah. 
You had Santos. You had Parky. Oh, and Santos. Greg Joseph. So five. Yeah. Joseph yeah. kicking off. Yeah. Crazy. That's wild. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if I had to pick my favorite moment from the season, I would, guys, I'd have to say, as, as corny as it sounds, it had to be the Baltimore game. The divisional game. I mean, as 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 um, easy of an answer that is, I just feel like that game proved to me that, okay that the Titans are legit. Mike Vrabel is a legit coach. The Titans have a legit offense for the years to come if they can stick together. They beat the number one team in the league and whipped their ass, guys. Let's not get that twisted from the get go, from the jump, punched them in the nose and beat the hell out of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they contained Lamar all night. It was just a it was a fun game to watch uh, for me. So I I was so proud to be a Titans fan that night. I went out and celebrated uh, in 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 here in Murfreesboro, and uh, I was just I was ecstatic because I we all hoped for a, a deep playoff run, but uh, when it actually happened, that's when it kind of set in. Like oh oh crap, the, the, the Titans are actually the Texans are winning games. Like we're, they're going on a playoff run. So <laughs> I'd have to say. Baltimore, but behind that, dude, beating Indy in Indy was probably second. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I got to say the one of the most special moments of the season, I think, was that I'm usually an offense guy. Like, you know, I, I much prefer to, to watch an offense on the field than a defense, but that goal line stand against the Chargers, uh, Ooh, man, that, that's it. that felt like a special moment that really, really turned the season around and, and really sparked this run that we went on. Kind of gonna roll with. I was gonna go with you, Chris, because I kind of had two in there. But so since you went Chargers, I'm gonna go because we get offense kind of from Austin. He gets it. He did everything. Chris did defense. I'm gonna roll with special teams and go with our boy Kalu coming around the end and blocking Butker for the victory against the Chiefs. Because kind of like you said, Chris, that Chargers game sparked it, and then I think that the Chiefs game really propelled it into okay, this Titans team can actually do something. And as much fun as they had after the game, it kind of pushes into the rest of the season. And just watching Kalu and being there for it, it it's hard to beat something like that. No, I agree. That was uh, – that Chiefs game at home uh, was something special. Just to see how many Chiefs fans were there and they thinking they had the game won with such little time to go. Um, and Tannehill just not giving up. You know, they're – Adam the Humphreys. Yeah, going down there and scoring the touchdown to Humphreys and – and and Kalu just blocking the kick, man. It was a it was a fantastic game. One of my favorites in years. I feel like you know we've talked about this before too. Like it, it seems like in the last four to five years, there's been so many games at home at Nissan Stadium. The Titans have won big games. Um, if you go back to like the, the Mariota, like Demarco years, you beat the Packers at home. Uh, you beat the Seahawks. You beat the Eagles. I mean, you could, we could go back and look. There's been so many games the Titans have won at. home. And that was just added to the list. Um, but it was a special season. Nobody can deny that. Uh, but now it's how can you how can you rebound? What can you do to improve off of a, just a nine and seven year as a six in the wild card? I think we we've keep we've kept saying this the last three years. Win the division and get a home playoff game. And that's yet to happen. I think that's where the Titans are trying to take their next step. You know, just to just to backtrack a little bit, I just want to give myself props here. Um, I don't know if y'all remember when me and Austin did the uh, prediction podcast episode. Uh, I did predict that Derrick Henry would have 1,400 yards rushing, and I made note that that would have been 
second in the league last year had he done that. So he's uh he he went off and you know we can't we can't do a podcast episode that's a recap without talking about the impact that Derek made. Um to go from go for 180 yards in three straight games is completely unheard of. I mean, he's the first person to ever do it in NFL history. So that man was just on another level. Um, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Careful with that Zeke money talk, though. You got to be careful with that. And, and I mean, and he's made. I think just to just to point out, I think he's made it clear that that's not what he meant, and he took Rich Eisen's question a different way than Rich meant it. I agree. I, I said this too with you know with all no no disrespect to Derek. He talks really fast. Um and I don't think he understands what he's saying sometimes and kind of what he means. So yeah, I don't think he actually meant Zeke is the fool, like Zeke is that that that's it. We have to go up from Zeke. I just had I I've always said this. I just had this feeling that he he will take a, a reasonable contract with a lot of money guaranteed and be happy with it. I don't think he he thinks he has to be at the number one payback in the league. If he is a top two, top three payback, and there's still money to be shared around the offense, around the team for the Titans to win, I think he cares about that a lot of, a lot more. Uh, it's kind of how he's been raised, uh, you know, from the, his his Alabama experience, how they built a a dynasty, a winning culture, um, and you can't do that by paying you know top money to your two three best players because you can't you can't do it. You can't feed the rest of the team. You can't, yeah, and you I, can't bring talent. I, I think he probably realizes that he's not going to produce like this on most other teams in the NFL because they're not going to make him the focal point that we made him. You know what I mean? And of course, I, th- I think that that mindset of, you know, I need them just as, as much as they need me kind of thing. Uh, I think that could play into our favor. It's almost like I, what I think would be perfect, too. And Austin, you kind of hit it on the hammer with the nail. I think if you gave him a Ryan Ellis-esque contract like he has with the Predators, with obviously not as many years because football don't, d- doesn't do that, but if you give him a contract that, that kind of gives him what he thinks he deserves, but that's also team-friendly, which is what Ellis wanted to do with the Predators, and kind of like you said, Austin, what Derek might want to do with the Titans, and Chris, you said it too, with this is probably where he wants to be, then I think that would be the perfect situation for Henry and then long-term with the Titans as well. I agree. I mean, we're talking about Derek here, and we, we know he's going to be paid, and we all think it's going to be with the Titans. I don't see John Robinson letting this guy walk. Um, what's up with the quarterback, guys? Are the Titans going to re-sign Ryan Tannehill, and if so, for how much? Uh, there was rumors. Um, I felt like every playoff game, um, Ian Rappaport was coming out with something before the game, was talking about how the Titans and Ryan Tannehill you know, mutually want to stay together. They, they want to work something out. And then the next week it would be Ryan Tannehill um, wants to stay, but he would like, you know, under the franchise tag, the Titans of franchise tag him. And then it was something else week after week. Um, now it's Ryan Tannehill switching agencies, and he's now with the same agent as Derrick Henry. Um, so, but, but also, as Mike Herndon pointed out, the same agent as John Robinson. Correct. And that's a great point, Chris. Uh, shout out Mike Herndon. Um, it's just it's it's an interesting thing uh, to think about. I I, I tweeted out from the account, uh, buy one get one free. No way in hell. I mean, it's that's a it's a it's a funny joke to think about. But what's the contracts look like for both of these guys? 
um, does John Robinson give Ryan the, the franchise tag and say one more year, prove it, we'll pay you next year? Or is it we actually trust you, we want you to be the franchise quarterback, and we give you a three- or four-year deal with this amount of money guaranteed? Like, I, it, it's I, – we I don't – I mean, have we ever seen a situation like this, Chris? I don't know. Um, I also do want to point out another um, national reporter, uh, Chris Mortensen, I think it was around like the beginning of February, uh, reported that there is no chance Ryan Tannehill is leaving the Titans, that we'll do whatever to keep him. Um, but, you know, I, I think Tannehill's a, a perfect fit for this offense that we're running, clearly. I mean, his his efficiency numbers were insane last year. Um, I, I don't want to pay him $30 million a year, uh, but I have a feeling that's what we're going to have to do to keep him. Do you, I mean, is there any situation where you guys could see it with like a two year contract with a third year option or a three year contract with a fourth year option? Or do you yes. think it's just pretty much a standard four year guaranteed money contract? I think you have to go three year uh, with him no matter what, whether there's an option or not. Um, I think a three years, the, the money, the money line right there. Um, but, you know, it, it, if there is an option, I think it probably ends up being a player option uh, just to kind of sweeten the deal for him a little bit. Kind of, I'm kind of with you, though, too, Chris. Because, I mean, I, do, I just don't see any chance of Derrick Henry being the one getting franchised. So, But also, like we said, that he is the focal point of the offense. But it's like Austin was saying, it's such a tough situation because I don't – there's a chance where one of them gets franchise tag and the other – the other one gets a deal, or there's a chance where both of them get the deal. I don't really see a situation where both end up walking. But kind of like what Austin said, it's it's something that we haven't really ever seen before, and especially when it comes to the Titans, because the Titans aren't normally in a situation like this overall in general. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm not sure how valid this will be if the new CBA is agreed to, but I'm pretty sure that if there's not a new CBA agreed to uh, before the start of the season, then we can franchise tag one and – transition tag the other we can actually use Pretty both nice. tags off season correct so if it comes down to that that's an option too uh which i would think you would use the transition tag on Derek. i agree um i know at one point the uh i think the franchise tag for quarterbacks this year is 28 mil um i mean that's a huge upgrade from the what you know uh saying he was making this past season um, but I'm with you, Chris. I, I, I think – I mean, I think Tannehill is going to be wanting – I feel like they'll have to start high. Tannehill's agent will start high, and they'll have to, like, come down from that. Um, if you can walk away with giving Ryan, like, 24 mil a year and Derek, like, 12 mil a year, I feel like that's Those are win. wins, for sure. It's a huge win. And I know that's just me talking out loud and thinking, no way in hell that happened. But that's a win, and I, I, I just don't know. And I don't. It, and just to be clear, I mean, situation. It's 2020. Uh, the NFL salary cap doesn't really matter that much anymore. I mean, we're going into this all season. We're probably around 70, 75 million in salary cap space after some cuts that we all kind of expect to happen. So, I mean, general managers in 2020 can figure it out. I mean, the salary cap is just not the issue that it was in 2005 uh, whenever, you know, we had to purge our roster and all of that. But still paying paying 
Ryan Tannehill at 31 years old, 30 million to be the quarterback over the next three years. I don't know that that's a commitment that I like necessarily. This is almost be kind of like, uh, I mean, like buying a house negotiations through, kind of going back and forth on what you like, what you don't like, who's going to pay for what, who's going to pay when, and stuff like that. Also, shout out to our sponsor, by the way. But kind of just like you said, Austin, starting high and then moving low and then trying to find a middle ground. And kind of, what, kind of like with you, Chris, it's who do you want to pay and how long do you want to have to pay them for in the long term? Because like we said, getting older with Tannehill and then running backs, and even Derek said too, running backs, they know that they don't have as long lasting tenure in the league. So it's really just going to come down to a long standing sit at the table about who do you want to pay and how much you want to pay them and when do you want to do it. And I think something too, we'll kind of this will be the last thing we talk about here. Um, not only do we need to, to re-sign QB1 and QB2, but you also have to figure out what you're going to do at QB2 and RB2. Because those are huge holes as well, guys. You got to think about that. There will be no more markets next year. Um, and, and we know for a fact there will be no Dion next year. Um, and Dobbins. So I, I, that's who I want. But I don't know how, you know, how early do you get J.K. Dobbins? Um, th- there's some stud I'm, running backs this year. Um, yeah, that, the, I, I'm pretty yeah, – and we'll do a, a podcast episode that dives – we'll probably sure, do a couple sure. to dive into yeah. the draft. But uh, there's a couple uh, running back prospects that I'm very intrigued by. Uh, just to tease one of them, I mean, Austin, you'll appreciate this. I've really grown to like Keyshawn Vaughn's game a lot. Uh, I think he could be a solid RB2 for us. Um, but, you know, there's a, there, like you just said, it's, there's some good running back prospects in this draft class. There really are. Uh, the guy I wanted and have been in love with the entire season was Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State. And I was so sad when he uh, announced he was going back to school. Um, I, I wanted him, and I thought he would have been perfect back there with Derek. Um, but, yeah, you're right, Chris. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Keyshawn Vaughn are both guys who just have that mentality that they are not afraid to hit somebody, but they're great in the pass game too. And that's exactly what the Titans need, somebody good in the pass game um, and just kind of take off the load of Derek sometimes when um, he needs a breather. He needs to come out for four or five, six plays. And we haven't had the – we haven't had that, you know – a comedy for a while there um, where you can have your RB1 sit down and let your RB2 work for a little bit and, and, and let him gain his yards. Um, we had it with DeMarco and Derek, um, but we haven't had that with Dion and, and Derek. So um, definitely RB2 is a, is a huge hole back as well. Do you draft your future, you know, face of the franchise? If you do, who is it? Um, in what round? How high do they find that a priority, or do they find it a priority at all? They just sign a a, a normal backup veteran quarterback. Um, well, we've seen how that's worked out for us in the past as well. So, um, a lot of stuff to talk about in the, in the future. Uh, we just wanted to kind of to uh, hit the surface on both those things, but uh, we'll uh, we'll finish this up with uh, talking about one of our you know I can I can speak for all of us here one of our favorite icons ever, Kobe Bryant. And uh, just the loss of him in these last couple of weeks have, have hurt. Um, I've told people I don't think I'll ever be over the loss of Kobe um, and kind of what he meant to all of us as sports fan, as fans. Um, losing Gigi and losing all of those souls in that, that helicopter crash is awful. Um, so 
Um, Brett, I'll let you start. You being the Lakers fan, man, what what was your favorite Kobe moment um, over the years? Oh, all right. So I was probably I was probably ten years old. I, me and my brother, we had our own rooms, but I, we still each had bunk beds, and so we would just switch back and forth, like in our own rooms. Like sometimes I'll sleep on the top, sometimes I'll sleep on the bottom. But so one time I was sitting up top on my bed watching the Lakers late at night because they're on the West Coast, obviously, and Lakers were down two with about five seconds left. They inbounded to Kobe, almost just like the Trailblazers do with Dame. Now they roll him up to the top of the key and fire it. Except Kobe was dressed inside the logo, grabbed it, put it up, and banked it right off the top of the key, bro. And I was 10, 9, 10 years old, just going crazy in my room, trying to keep quiet too because the rest of my house was asleep. And I will never forget that, just watching Kobe from up top. And then I think it was, I think it was probably the year where they went on to win the championship too because, like I said, I was so young. But the fact that just watching Kobe run around like that and just fire up shots all day long at will is just always so much fun to watch. And then my it was either my freshman or sophomore year in college when he retired, and I stayed up as I stayed. I was no chance I was missing that game. So just watching every single second of of pregame and and during the game and watching him drop sixty and then watching the post game, bro, is it's something that I'll never ever forget. With were those two moments without a doubt. Chris, did you ever see him play in Memphis? Man, I actually got to see his last game in Memphis. That was a super special moment for me, man. I, I've i always been a huge Kobe fan. Uh, in, in college intramurals, I wore 24. Like, I mean, Kobe's been one of my favorite athletes of all time. Yeah. Um, so I went down to Memphis for his last game. And me and my buddy that I went with, we were standing on the, like, steps outside of FedEx Forum, just kind of, like, you know, taking it in and, and hanging out and, I see a huge crowd gathering at the hotel across the street. And so uh, we walk over there just to see what the commotion's about. And uh, everybody like everybody's like, oh, the Lakers are staying here. So we get up right pretty much right at the fence, and here comes Kobe uh, walking out. And, uh, you know, that's always been a, a really cool moment for me from a sports standpoint and uh, just getting to see that last game. And I'll, I'll never forget the, the standing ovation that he got when – he walked off the court for the last time, and um, you know that was that was awesome. Also, I mean, the the one memory that I think lingers with all of us is the eighty one point game. Uh, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen in basketball. Um, so th- those are probably my two favorite Kobe memories. So I'll give I'll give two. Um, I unfortunately never saw him play. Um, I have, you know, plenty of Lakers fans, and uh, I'm one of the many few Celtics fans that I, you know, around my friends that I know. So I heard Kobe smack talk, Lakers smack talk for years and years and years. Um, I never had a grudge with Kobe at all, ever, not once, um, because it's so hard not to like the guy as a player, as a person. Um, of course, I hate the Lakers to this day and forever will but never once had a Kobe. Um, so I have to say one was probably just right after he tore his Achilles and just hitting the free throws, him staying in the game and, and just showing the player he was, no matter what, let me hit these two free throws and then y'all can take me out. Um, so I thought that was so cool to watch. I remember watching that live when it happened. Um, I remember him just a lot, so many of his game winners, the one over D Wade at Staples Center um, at the top of the key. Um, he hit one on a Sunday, um, just a matinee game against the Celtics uh, in Boston. Um, just a turnaround at the free throw line right as the time expired and the sunk that. I remember watching that live. 
But I think, guys, my favorite coach of all time is how he left us his last game, scoring 60 against the Jazz. Um, I remember we had a huge party. had about 12 of my friends over at my house um, in college. This, I guess, would have been my, my junior years in 2016. And so um, y'all remember what he did the entire game. Just ball was going to Kobe, possession after possession. Um, and just watching him light it up, you know, every time he shot the, you know, made a shot, we'd, we'd scream, we'd go nuts. And by the time that fourth came, um, you, we knew, you know, that he was going to try to, they were down. If you guys remember that the Lakers were down and trailing and they, of course they wanted to win for Kobe, but Kobe basically took the game over and made big shot after big shot. And you could tell how sore he was and how tired he was because he barely came out the game. Um, so, that was awesome, you know, him talking to the crowd after the game. So I think his last game and just how he left us was is, is well, that's how we'll remember Kobe forever going out with 60 points. So um going to miss the hell out of the guy. I feel like he had so much to give uh, to us, you know, off the court and even on the court. I think he could have owned a team one day, could have, you know, managed the team. Um, he was just getting started with his, you know, the producing career and, you know, directing movies career. So it is – it's – a travesty, man. It's so sad um, that he left us like this, but you can never question God's timing, his plan. Um, but he will sure as hell be missed. So uh, I didn't really think about this until somebody asked me, and it's it's kind of crazy to think about it, but do you guys think that this is the most, I guess, shocking sports death of all time? This is the one that you just did not see coming? Oh, yeah. I mean, you would think it was one of those fake TMZ reports. Um, when it, when it actually happened, but the more, you know, I saw I was playing, I was in the middle of Call of Duty, just started the game, and I just saw my phone, you know, started. I'm like, what is going on? So I looked down at my phone and just see my buddy's text messages, and I I stopped what I was doing, turned the PlayStation off, and just got on Twitter, and I literally stayed on Twitter for like seven hours straight, guys, just reading. I couldn't believe it. I was looking up stuff I didn't want to look up. I was trying to find a video just to kind of have some closure. Like, yo, did anybody record? This. Like, did anybody see this happen? And I thank God we didn't see it because I don't, I, I, I don't want to see it. I want to remember him for the the, the 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 main reasons, the right reasons, not you know the helicopter going down. I th- I think he's probably the most iconic American to pass away in our lifetime. I think so too. Uh, you yeah. know, of of unnatural causes. Um, and, yeah. and honestly, globally, the only person I can think of that was more like earth shattering. That's an iconic person was princess Diana. Um, but I, I really think he's definitely the most iconic American. Just because he was 41. Like that is so young. It's crazy. It's, 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 all, it's all crazy. It's so sad. All right. Well, listen, y'all, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. We appreciate y'all listening. Um, we'll be back. We'll be better. I promise. We, we, uh, we've missed each other. want to definitely keep doing this and keep it rolling. Um, we got to compete with busting with the boys now <laughs> uh, <laughs> since, since they're back, but, um, um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at second to victory. We are now on Instagram as well at second to victory on there. We're trying to get our following up on there. We have, um, we have all new branding, uh, just launched that yes. last week. Um, so hope you guys dig it. Uh, we're going to be putting out some cool graphics and and we're, we'll try to keep keep up with news and all that kind of stuff on Instagram, too. So make sure you are following us there. 100 percent. Chris has done a great job with the, uh, the the rebranding and kind of 
changed our logo a little bit. Um, when we, when, you know, when we started Second and Victory, we just wanted to to make something flashy, something different with the name and, and the logo. We just thought that it was time for a change and kind of update that. So, uh, huge shout out to to Chris for that one. But uh, make sure you're following us on Spotify and Apple Music. I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate us, leave us comments. But we appreciate it, man. Um, happy to be talking Titans once again, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see y'all next time. Tighten up. Tighten up.